Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. Let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, as far as inflation, the economy, we know the White House has a lot of tools in the toolbox. Well, they keep telling us that. They got a lot of levers they can pull. Right. There's a question we've asked several times. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you use them? Yeah, you yeah. got them, I mean. What's the tool in the toolbox there? What do, you, do you have some tools in the truck that you can go to? Because the toolbox seems rather empty. You keep talking about all these tools. Yeah. So White House economist Cecilia Rouse was on CNN talking about the runaway inflation we're all getting crushed by. And, of course, she went to the usual talking points. There are tools in the toolbox, and it's a high priority and whatnot. Uh, well, Jake Tapper of CNN asked her about those tools in the toolbox. What? Whoa, I know. I know. This is Who's doing his job? Journalism. Holy yeah. cow, roll it. You don't use them. What? You don't use these tools. Uh, and, you know, there's debating and discussing going on uh and meanwhile prices are still going up look the you know the president right now is in the middle east because he wants to uh try to get as much oil on the market as possible so this is a great time to talk about the rest of the president's economic plans right how about produce oil yeah here what about that (laughs) god why go to the pariahs according to joe and beg for oil what a disaster but the other part of this, I suppose, is worth mentioning, is it's one thing to hear this, to actually see it unfold. Jake is exasperated as he's talking to this person. Oh, sure. He's, he, he's kind of like rolling his eyes and turning his head like, what? Do something. That was the best part, you know? It's economic plans. Right. He wants to work with Congress to reduce prescription prices. Here we go. Uh, Here we utility go. costs, uh, health care costs. He wants to lower the deficit, which we know also addresses inflation. He so, wants to do so, you know, by increasing taxes on the wealthiest uh, oh, individuals God. and corporations. Here we go. He needs Congress to do so. He wants to ensure that we're making chips here at home. Part of the price increases is the okay. lack of supply of cars it's the same talking points over and over and over always by the way when they're always talking about the prescription drug prices okay have you heard anyone ever talking about inflation right now you know what part of the blame is prescription drug prices no no it's always no i got to bring that up because that's still part of the build back butter plan that we want to get through right it's disgusting anyway go ahead Uh, and that goes back to our semiconductor chip and so so See, you know, Congress needs a, we need to, we're open and willing. It's a great time for Congress to act on these important economic uh, initiatives. He's the Democratic president and the Congress is controlled by Democrats. So it's not as though you guys don't have each other's phone numbers. <laughs> wow. Jake. Goodness gracious. Oh, that was refreshing. I love that. You don't use them. <laughs> you don't use the tools. How many times have we said that? Yes. Open up the toolboxes and it's all Allen wrenches from Ikea. Oh, my gosh. I think we got a ghost gun problem. It's a ghost tool problem. They don't exist. Okay. Now, as far as the Saudis, Joe is going to beg for oil. Yeah. Now, he had a little hard time here, David. He did. He did a press conference today in Israel and was asked about him going to Saudi Arabia to beg for more oil. 
especially because he's talked tough about the Saudis murdering columnist Jamal Khashoggi. Yes, and Which they did. Yes, of course they did. And now, you, well, you got to answer for that, don't you? Because you've been talking about it. My views on Khashoggi have made been absolutely, positively clear. Um, and I have never been quiet about talking about human rights. The question that I'm, the reason I'm going. Wake to, up, Robbins. I'm nodding off. Sorry. <laughs> Boy, what a drone that is. You're nodding off. Joe Biden's nodding off mid-sentence. Gosh, yeah. dang. Yeah, that's not exactly a strong answer to a question and, uh, with conviction. And, uh, and, uh, uh, Khashoggi, uh, uh, human yeah, rights. Uh, that I'm, the reason I'm going to Saudi Arabia, though, is much broader, is to promote U.S. interest. Promote U.S. interest in a way that uh, I think we have an opportunity to... Uh, reassert oh my. what I think we've made a mistake of walking away from, our influence in the Middle East. Okay, David, as a former newsman, <laughs> try to put spin on that one for us. I can't. Well, I mean, I, I think what he's trying to say is I've, I've always been forthright about my beliefs when it comes to human rights, but I got poll numbers to salvage right now, okay? Right. We got to beg you, the Saudis for more oil, and I don't want to tick off the green weenie crowd back at home. If you look at my record, I've given strong statements about a lot of things, okay? But when the political winds change, I will whore it out yep. and change immediately. So now, just, uh, well, I can't go back to what I told the green people, okay? We're not going to produce oil in the United States. We're going to have to buy it somewhere else. So I guess I would rather go on my knees to Saudi Arabia and beg for oil, then say, no, sorry. Sorry, green people. Uh, we're going to have to put all this off for a while. We need energy. Fossil fuels are a reality. We can try to do it cleaner, but we have to produce in the United States. We're going down the crapper. <laughs> but he's not going to do that. No. I was fiery, though. <laughs> Strong conviction. You can say that, oh, right? My oh, my goodness. Um, and... I have never been quiet about talking about human rights. Boy, doesn't that just sound like a like a beat-up old Ford Ranger with four flat tires running out of gas on a gravel road? Yeah. It's clean, man. <clears throat> Except the difference is you have a lot of love in your heart for a Ford Ranger. I do. Because you I loved really that do. truck when I you had it. I loved that truck. You never loved Joe Biden. No, that's, that's very true. <laughs> Ford Motor Company's going, hey, what do we do? <laughs> Couldn't that have been an old S10 or something? Yeah, really, yeah. Did it have to be a Ranger? <laughs> Japers. Um, I saw this. Wall Street Journal, I don't know where you saw the story about the baby formula yeah. shortage is worse. Yeah. That You're not hearing that anywhere. Yeah, it was in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, availability of powdered formula products in the U.S. earlier this month dropped to the lowest level so far this year. About 30% of products out of stock for the week that ended July 3rd. Uh, and availability improved slightly last week. Out of stock levels remain higher than in recent months. So here's what's going on. <clears throat> As we've talked about, Abbott Labs hasn't been able to get its production facility in Michigan back up and running. They were shut down by the FDA over contamination claims. 
Then there was a flood, so they're slowly getting production back online. It'll take weeks to get it all figured out. Uh, now, again, the feds knew about this last October, didn't do anything because of a mailroom error. There was a letter, a whistleblower <laughs> letter that just got lost in the mail. That's the story, at least. Nobody believes that. <laughs> no. Uh, Biden only recently started having the military help import foreign formula, but that's just a small drop in the bucket. I mean, every time they talk about, you know, a million bottles or whatever, that's like a week supply, maybe. <laughs> Everything is a catastrophe in this country. It's one thing after another. But no and, mean tweets. Yeah, you got that. The other part of that story, outside of the Wall Street Journal, I didn't see it anywhere. No. Well, dude, we were talking about the baby formula shortage uh, long before mainstream media picked up on it. Yes. And then it was a big story for about a week. Uh, and then we got a couple of pallets from wherever it was, Germany, then the UK, then Australia. Yeah, we're in a, we're in a situation where we need foreign aid to feed our infants which is disgusting. It's embarrassing. Well, <laughs> you know how sometimes you'll have a boss that doesn't understand the inner workings of something? Mm -hmm. They'll say, I, I don't understand why we can't do A, B, or C, right? As we sit here, are you telling me that when we have this crisis of baby formula, that we can't get a company in the United States to produce this here rapidly and pay for it? To get us through the crisis? We can't do that? We're the friggin' United States. How's that possible? It, it it shouldn't be possible. I mean, to give you the Am the I missing answer. something? Well, there are tight regulations on on baby formula, especially specialty formula. And but you're right. I mean I, I totally agree with you in that in that. But sense. even if it's flawed, it's better than none. I mean, you gotta produce it. Yeah. There are kids going without it. Well, you're Is filling those barrels with oil, uh, Middle East. How about filling up a couple of baby formula <laughs> ones, too, and sending them our way? I mean, I'll put it this way. Say it's two years ago, uh -huh. and I just gave you a hypothetical and said, hey, what if there was like a baby formula shortage, okay? Do you think if the powers that be said, hey, uh, we'll pay whatever it takes, we got to have factories producing baby formula, get the ingredients together, get it done, we need it like ASAP. That that could that be done within a few weeks? Absolutely. I'm, I'm guessing you would have said, "Yeah, of course we can," mm -hmm. but it doesn't seem that we can, and that's astounding to me. No, meanwhile, it. billions of dollars are going to Ukraine. I know. It's a great reset, man. <laughs> it's not about the United States. It's about world economics and world powers. Mm -hmm. Um. The failing New York Times is talking about what, David? This is a different story. Oh, yeah. I, I just This is almost a flyby, uh, but the New York Times had an article out about how people just don't seem to be caring all that much about the new wave of COVID. But the way they frame it made me laugh out loud. It, the headline is, as the sixth COVID wave hits, many New Yorkers shrug it off. Once among the most vigilant, New Yorkers responded to a highly transmissible new wave of COVID cases with the most New York of attitudes. It's like the rest of the country outside of California is going, New York, wait, you were still doing the COVID thing? <laughs> Listen, man, all through COVID, you know, you want to talk about the different guys that were trying to keep their restaurants open that kept getting closed and they were just standing 
up and saying, no, we're going to keep it open until actually the cops come here to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Remember the dude in Jersey that kept his gym open, yeah. the long beard? Yeah. You know, you want to say, you know, East Coast or New York tough or Jersey tough with those guys? Okay. But the whole New York tough thing, um, when really your poster children now are... And that's when the tears came. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> when it's Brian Stelter with COVID and the New York reporter r- reporters and they're weeping... Give me a break. New York Tough. Come on, man. Even the New York Tough people are laughing at them. Okay. Immigration enforcement about to run out of money. That and much more coming up. Yeah. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So immigration enforcement is about to run out of money. Yeah. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, is set to run out of funding as the southern border continues to be overwhelmed by migrants making illegal crossings. Hmm. So that money to Ukraine. uh, Sorry. So in immigration enforcement here, uh, yep, the price is wrong. Yeah. Uh, DHS, if they don't help, the agency could run out of money before October. Uh, DHS would have to pull funding from other organizations and allocate it to ICE, and you wonder if that's even going to happen. Well, Mayorkas is always on top of it. Great leader there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He suggested they sell popcorn. <laughs> that's a fundraiser? Yes. <laughs> that guy's such a joke. The entire administration. <laughs> it's a freaking debacle. And some days we come in here and, you know, you're just doing news stories day after day. And I don't want to say you get used to it. But then there are other days you're like, it's a complete catastrophe. Yes. Everything the entire is. administration, unlike anything we've ever seen. And this is just something else. And I understand. Here's the hope and the good news. The big change is coming. And you actually hope that Republicans will step up to the plate after November. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know no one's exactly holding their breath on that. No, I'm not. But it, it's much better as far as hope goes than what we're going through right now. Well, I feel like we got a rooting chance then anyway. Dude, did you see the latest video in Texas? It, it, it never stops. Oh. It's just streams of people walking across the river right into the United States. The border is not open, says Mayorkas. Yeah. No, it, what do you call it? Yeah, it very much is because people know that now, because of this administration, they're trying to streamline the backlog of people waiting to hear asylum mm-hmm. cases by just sending people from DHS down to basically uh, stamp some paperwork and send them on their way. They know it's easier now than ever to come into the country, on a, even if it's a bogus asylum claim. Sure. Come in, you get your paperwork, you walk away, they don't hear from them ever again. Nope. Nope. And of course it makes no sense. But it's, I mean, call it the Great Reset, call it whatever you want. That's what the left wants to have happen. Why doesn't that jackass just go down there for an hour or so? Just to observe it. Because you are asking a question like he would want to do something about it. it. He doesn't. He wants this to happen. With your own eyes, idiot. Go down there and have a look. He knows. They want it to happen. That's what's so frustrating. Golly. Did you see this story? It's just a business story about going woke. It's the old saying, you know, go woke, go Go broke. broke. Victoria's Secret. Yeah, they went woke. 
Now they're laying off 160 management positions. Hmm. Yikes. I had forgot about this, too. Um, when they said, you know, the angels, the models, problematic. We need to diversify. And they brought in Megan Rapino. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Gosh, dang. I forgot about that, too. But And that was, you know, I think they were already struggling, and then it really started to slide. Holy smokes, man. Um, they dropped another 4.5% the most recent quarter. That's huge, by the way. Yes. Huge. And so, you know, there's a story from Daily Wire that kind of documented what had happened over time. And, you know, some of the people that were the higher-ups ended up quitting when there was a big decision to go woke. And then it goes through a few statements people made over time. And you bring in Megan Rapino, right? Um, Going to be one of the women in their whole new campaign based on, you know, activism and achievements as a soccer player mm-hmm. and as a spokesperson for human rights. Um, and she basically was ripping Victoria's Secret the whole time she's a spokesperson. Yeah. You know, saying... Well, the marketing before we got here was patriarchal, sexist, viewing not just what it meant to be sexy, but what clothes were trying to accomplish through a male lens and through what men desired. (laughs) And it was very much marketed toward younger men. It was really harmful. (sighs) It's lingerie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Part of the point. You know, everything she's endorsed is tanked. Sandwiches. (laughs) <laughs> Freaking, I mean, you know, they, they couldn't get her off there fast enough after about three months of that nonsense. And whenever I see Victoria's Secret, I remember the one time you were with me and we went shopping. Oh, boy. And I was buying some gifts there, and you were as nervous as a horn church. Man. I'd never been into Victoria's Secret in my life, and you're holding them up. Look at What do you think of this? <laughs> God, I don't I, know. Well, you got to ask questions. You know, the seam here... Well, those don't. They, those will hide panty lines. Well, good. That's important and whatever. And what about this? And you know, you're like, oh gosh, you're rubbing your nose. Well, I was nervous. All right, Joe Biden in the Middle East. You got to hear this next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robin. Okay. Joe Biden in the Middle East. <laughs> he said, what about the last administration? Yeah, Joe Biden's in Israel, and he did an interview with an Israeli news outlet about the state of the Middle East. And just, just listen to this liar. Okay. And there are those who thought with the last administration we sort of walked away from the Middle East, that we were going to create a vacuum that China and or Russia would fill. Mm-hmm. And we can't let that happen. It, it has happened. And uh, look, Donald Trump, Whether you love him or hate him, there is one thing you cannot escape from. His administration organized more agreements between Israel and Arab nations than all of his predecessors combined. That is true. And that's a fact. I mean, that's not just hyperbole or anything. That's the truth of what happened here. Um, Do you remember when there would be different agreements and we would talk about how historic it was, and legacy media barely paid attention to it. Yeah. Well, and partly because they were on the side of the Palestinians. Right. That was that was that yeah. was a part of it. Yeah. Yes, no doubt about it. Wow. It, it's one thing after another after another, and you think about within the United States, everything on the left. It's 
blowing up, and it wasn't hard to predict, especially with crime stats in cities where defund the police was a big movement. And now you got this upside-down story in New York City. And you have the latest on this, David. This is so sad. So there's a guy named Jose Alba, 61 years old. He was working at a corner store or as a, you know, a bodega or as Dr. Jill would call it, a bogada. Bogada, bogada, bogada. Yeah. <laughs> um, lady comes into his shop, tries to buy a bag of chips with an EBT card. It gets declined, no money on it. Uh, he takes the chips away from her. She goes and gets her ex-con boyfriend. Now, did she stab him first or go right to get her boyfriend? Uh, I'm not sure about the timeline of that. I know that right. she did slash him like yes. three times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alba, when he's getting wailed on by the ex-con, he hasn't. Uh, the Alba has a knife, stabs him, kills him. Clearly self-defense. We've seen the video. Everyone's yes. seen the video, and you can tell that that's clearly self-defense. He still gets arrested and charged with murder or on suspected murder charges. Anyway, yes. uh, now prosecutors in New York are reconsidering that murder charge that they filed against Jose Alba. Uh, and Alvin Bragg, the DA there, is saying, okay, well, we're not committed to prosecuting him, and there's an investigation into the incident underway. Meanwhile, there is a group that represents owners of these corner stores, the United Bodegas of America. They went to a meeting, and they're like, hey, you need to, you need to make this right. Absolutely. Because you sent him to jail, and now he's out of jail, by the way, but initially he was in jail being held on $250,000 bail. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. For defending himself. Yes. And it's obvious. And, you know, this brag, the DA, the Manhattan District Attorney, he's another Soros guy. And he is a man of color. And I bring that up only to say, can you imagine if we had, say, conservative supporters of the corner store clerk outside this guy's house picketing, yelling slurs at this guy? How would that go over? Oh, not well. You know how it would go over. Right. It's always different rules. Be freaking out. Calls to arrest everyone and probably arrest would take place. But this guy, obviously not doing his job. It's terrible. Absolutely. And that's why a lot of these people are getting voted out. And they should. People want law and order. Well, some are getting recalled. Yes. They're not even waiting around for elections. They're just getting them out. Yeah. Man, another story that's just crazy out there. And this is the Salem-Kaiser School District in Oregon. And... They have had some controversy because parents discovered a pornographic book called Gender Queer. Maybe you're familiar with it, maybe you're not. It was available in the school library. So the school formed a special committee headed by a woman named Suzanne West. And Libs of TikTok was all over this story, by the way. Oh, gosh. Um, Just to determine if the book should be removed. So her job description reads... Crafting and developing strategies that support the district's movement to become a more anti-racist and anti-oppressive school system. So the committee voted last week to keep the book. So what they did at Libs of TikTok was actually then show people, okay, this is what the book is. You haven't seen it, right? No, I have not seen it. Okay. 
Well, I'll hand you a copy of my story. So because it's like cartoon depictions of things. Okay? These, are, these are taken from the actual book itself. Yep, there you go. I know David's seen it before. Mm -hmm. So we'll get Scott's reaction right here. Holy cow. <laughs> well, do you want to describe what you're seeing? I'm seeing a... Well... <laughs> I'm seeing a, a person, a male, receiving oral from another male, captioned, hazy, with... You can't quite say that. No, part, I you? can't. <laughs> Why? That's in the school. Hey, you think about it. There, there are some things in that book that we could not say on the radio because no. we would put affiliate stations' licenses on the line. Well, and when parents have brought this up, not just these uh at this spot in oregon it, but also throughout the country and parents go to read parts of the book they get shut down because they're like hey, hey we we can't have this this is a public forum we can't have you reading that which is the whole point why is it in the school by pressing the front of my jeans but I mean graphic oh god i can't say the rest of it <laughs> Yeah, I figured, dude, uh, listen, think of it this way. If I did this in a workplace, right, I'm sitting next to a coworker, and I say, hey, you got to see this, this book from the school, and I pass it like I just did to Robbins, uh -huh. I'm guessing they could go to HR and get me for some sort of harassment because I subjected that person to pornographic images. Do you suppose, David? Hey, you might get you might get fired. Yeah, I mean that's a that'd be a problem. Holy smokes, man! But that should be in the schools, is what they're saying. Yeah. No, it, it really shouldn't be in the schools. That's that's no. not about. And see, this is the thing: the left is always wanting to tell you they want to ban books because oh, it's just uh, they want to ban it because it's gay artwork or something like that. No, no, no. This, this is pornographic. This isn't oh, yeah. somebody hand wringing over a no, couple no, of no, words no, no, here no, and there. No. I mean, this is actually no graphic depictions yes i mean and some of them involve the like a brother and a sister and it's uh, it's weird okay yeah a brother and a sister that's not yeah. it's not okay no so then the story goes on to say so parents have been outraged about this being available for their kids so libs of tiktok got a copy of the email that suzanne west head of the committee sent to one concerned parent and provided official statements from the committee regarding their decision. So this is how part of it reads. The book will be necessary to keep in schools to help be more inclusive and allow all students from the LGBTQ plus community to have a resource to refer to. In addition, the pages taken out of context do not represent the intention of the book and only served as an illustration to out help Out of context? Provide I didn't take anything out of context. I'm... This is the context. I'm holding it up for the camera. This is it. See this? There's no co taking any oh, out of context yeah. here. I know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. This is not even innuendo. This is right here. Well, and you're also, tell me if I'm off base here, it seems like they're trying to make the argument that, hey, there are hetero cartoons of some dude down on a chick or something No, like there's that. not. There's, no, there's not. Not that. not that I've ever. I would have checked that book out in a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, these are, think about it, though, is that liberals for years have been talking about problematic books like To Kill a Mockingbird. 
Yeah. And uh, and right. Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry, Huckleberry Finn because of the use of the N-word, right? We got to take it out. We got to censor it or something because that could be harmful to students. That is removing all context because if you actually read those books, you can tell they're not racist books. Right. They're actually making a point. This yeah. is graphic sexual depictions of children in a book that's aimed at children. Yes. Trying to influence children. That's a that's a problem. It's groomy. It is. Well, you uh, know, the, the new the new talking point probably not too long from now is going to be grooming is healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, the, another part of the reason the committee voted to keep it in the school, well, the last part of that last statement was to provide understanding of what the author was trying to portray in their book. Okay. What am I misunderstanding? I, it's right here. There's no misunderstanding. I don't need to understand. I know exactly what the author was trying to do. They have three more points to this. The book expands on sexual orientation and gender identity, which are both topics touched on in wellness. It being a graphic novel... <laughs> makes the book more accessible to a variety of readers. Oh, gosh. The book has won a large number of teen-specific library awards. <laughs> has it? From what kooks? Right, exactly. And then it goes on. Yeah, it's part of the district's goal for more inclusive and diverse materials. Okay. This graphic novel is very well done from a literary standpoint. Uh, it's an excellent example of a memoir. It includes many visual metaphors. It promotes literacy and accessibility through the graphic format. It has modern language suitable to our students today. Yeah. You know, it needs yeah, it's almost like I'm reading Grapes of Wrath while pressing myself against a door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it needs to happen to combat this. Really put the free speech stuff to the test, right? Because they're, they're saying, well, this is about free speech. Well, <clears throat> all that. Okay, here's how you put it to the test. Have a parent group go up and say, hey, here's a graphic novel uh, depicting the life of Jesus. You see, because it's... <sighs> Because it's a graphic novel, it really is accessible. This is about making the Bible more accessible to kids in school, right? They would shriek like demons. They bro. would. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lives a TikTok. Said, you know, instead of all those statements, they should have said, we need uh, kids to read about vibrators, uh, oral sex, masturbation, and chest binders for ultimate inclusion and a show of diversity. That's what it should have read because that's what they're saying. It's crazy. Well, there is some instruction here. Chest binders get itchy after a while. That is mentioned. Yeah, that's, that's also part of it. It's a tip, I suppose, huh? Yeah, that's absolutely insane. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm not. I know. I know you want to. Everybody is choosing maturity at this point. It's hard to do. Sometimes you got to choose funny. I say risk it for the biscuit. What do you got? <laughs> he said they got tips in there. Yeah, more than. Oh, a lot. buddy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, I just now got that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stress enough how freaking graphic the cartoons are. Oh my god. It's insane. Yes. All right. You've already copied. Check this phone. The latest on that. And much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, still talk of the Uvalde cops and the video that we've seen. Yeah. It's so enraging and sad all at the same time. Yeah. 
So there's an update because a lot of people were commenting on the dude that got the hand sanitizer and the other dude that was checking his phone. Yeah. Well, the Austin American Statesman had put out this edited version of surveillance video from inside Robb Elementary School in Uvalde. Uh, and it does show the totally incompetent response of police while a gunman murdered 19 children and two teachers. Now, during the initial response, one officer can be seen checking his phone. Now, according to Texas State Representative Joe Moody, who's on the committee that's investigating this, it's the husband of the teacher, Eva Morales, who contacted him on his phone from her classroom while she was dying in the classroom. Mm. So he may have been checking his phone. Other people are, are disputing that, saying, no, that's, that's not the same guy. So, again, more questions than answers here, but... Um, well, it's strange because we know, at least from reports before, that that guy had his gun taken from him. Yeah. And in the video where he's checking his phone, he's holding his handgun. Yeah. So because it's edited, you don't know what, because the video, I mean, is edited, you don't really mm -hmm. know what happened. Did did he see the guys run away and then try to go in? Uh, and that's when he had his, his gun taken away again. We don't know because we have such a condensed version of that video. Um, and there may not be any video of him getting his gun taken away from him. Right. Yeah, you don't know. Hmm. But we're not getting a whole lot of answers. I mean, I would think at this point in time, because was it 17 or 19 cops are seen in the video yeah. at different times? Yeah. Okay. What would you guess? And again, man, I'm not making excuses for anybody. I'm... And I mean it sincerely, tr just trying to understand it. So of the 17, I would guess at least 10 are there to follow orders. Yeah. Somewhere in there. I'm surprised there hasn't been a statement from a family member of one of these people to say, hey, they feel awful. They wish they would have done more. They were following the orders at that time from this person. Yeah. Something. Probably can't. That's what I was thinking too. I mean, the thing is, there's an investigation going on, and there there are there may be other pressures going on behind the scenes. You know, hey, you don't you don't tell on other cops, you don't do that. You know, there's there's that dynamic at play as well. Exactly, but usually, someone knows how to leak something out. Yeah. To provide cover, well, it just has not happened. But the thing is that you can't get away from is the people that were in there knew exactly what happened day one. Yeah. And then the cover-up was on. Yeah. And then you're trying to figure out, all right, who was responsible for the cover-up? Was it just Uvalde? Does it go deeper than that? Yeah. That's right. Well, right now, most media outlets are blaming Governor Abbott because he was the messenger that day talking about the swift response of law enforcement. Right. It's like, well, I mean, the dude wasn't there when the shooting happened. So I, I don't understand how that's... Abbott's fault. Yeah, stuff. Also out there in the news, uh, I know you've kept an eye on Britney Spears with some concern, David. She yeah. ran out of gas on the highway. Well, her reign of terror was delayed because of that. Gas prices are high, man. <laughs> Even for Britney Spears. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Mm-hmm. Inflation's the big story. Continues to be. Yeah. And another bad report. Yeah, another bad inflation report out today showing that wholesale prices went up by more than 11%. This is the price businesses pay for stuff before it winds up on the shelf. That's the seven month in a row that wholesale prices have increased by double digits. Now, it's significant because that means we're not going to see prices come down for a while because there's some lag time between wholesale prices and what you're paying at the store, obviously. So now the optimists are saying that while the increases in core prices, meaning you take out things like gas, well, those are slowing down. So that's the good news. Like, yeah, but, but people need fuel. They need energy. And gas is still averaging, what, over $4 a gallon? Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, <laughs> that's only a small part of the problem. You know, going back 40 cents, I mean, this is good news. Again, if someone told you a year ago what the gas prices would be right now, would you have been happy with it? No. Of, of course not. Of course not. You can try to polish that all you want. It's, it's still not going to resonate with people. They're like, we're still play, paying out the was for gas everybody got their electric yes. bills from this last month too their utility bills i talked to several people last night it's like doubled yeah doubled and predicted yeah but it's different when you see it absolutely it is you know it's coming yeah. but you see you're like gosh dang it man you know this was an interesting conversation i heard uh david Sachs, entrepreneur investor tech firm guy very smart guy He's talking with Megyn Kelly, and the question was, you know, this is a weird sort of recession, if we are, in fact, in a recession, as they always say. Because, well, you've got inflation, there's no doubt about that, but usually with inflation you start to see a different job market. But you have so many employers that can't find workers. And how do you explain that? And he attempts to explain it. Well, we have a very low by historical standards labor participation rate and so a lot of workers have not gone back into the workforce and you could lay some of the blame for that at the two trillion dollar that last two trillion of stimulus that that biden passed last year the american rescue plan along straight party lines and republicans were accused of being cold-hearted when they pointed out that these stimmy checks and the super extended unemployment insurance would encourage people not to go back to work or delay them from going back to work. And so I think we're still seeing the residual effect of all of the stimulus money flowing through the economy. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Because people were getting enough money. Yeah, I'll just delay that for a while and I'll be just fine. And he brings up the fact that, well, for a long time, people didn't have to pay rent. So even if they had the money, a lot of people were choosing, well, not to pay rent. And stockpiling the cash, and I'm only going to go back to work when I absolutely have to. So you still have all these service jobs out there, and the workforce isn't back. And then it's going to be the situation where, okay, now you got to go get a job. And if the economy keeps going where we all think it's going to be going, those jobs are not going to be there. 
And depending on who's in power, are they going to get these people bailed out again? Because they didn't need to be with that second stimulus. Right. Anyway, I found that to be very interesting. Meanwhile, the president in the Middle East, and he's really sharpened up his skills as far as oratory. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he was in Israel and did a press conference with the prime minister who gently asked him if he wanted to take a question. And this is the guy that's representing our country on the world stage. Check this out. Okay. Mr. President, do you want to call on the next question? Um, sure. Uh, I, I was you give a list here. I, uh, Steve Holland of Reuters. <laughs> At the end of it, you know what he did again? What? So he shakes hands with the prime minister. Then he turns around, has his hand still extended to no one. Oh, goodness, man. This can't go on. Shaking hands with the air, man. It's, it's insanity. But that's a stutter. Okay. Harvey right. the rabbit moment. Hmm. <laughs> Nobody there. Fighting ghost guns and then ghost handshakes. <laughs> Turning the wrong <laughs> way, shuffling off. The, oh, my God. Okay, man. Again, you want to take a question, and it takes it seven bad. seconds. Um, sure. Uh, I, I was given a list here. I, uh, Steve Holland of Reuters. Wow. Again, it's like a family reunion, and you got the elderly patriarch there, and you're all sitting down for the first dinner. Hey, would you like to say grace, Grandpa? <laughs> uh, uh, sure. Uh. And that can be a heartwarming moment. But that's the president. But, dude, if you're at that point, no one asks Grandpa to pray anymore. <laughs> Someone else has taken over the job at that point. It's like Christmas vacation where he stands up and recites the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Is your house on fire, Clark? Is Rusty still in the Navy? You know, it, it, it is interesting to me that you're seeing this not only in polling with Biden, but all around the world. A lot of the people who were joining in the forces of the folks like the World Economic Forum, mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about massive amounts of control over COVID, massive amounts of just printing money like there's no tomorrow. And people have had it, man. I mean, you got the farmers rising up, the Dutch yep. farmers rising up. Mm -hmm. You've got massive protests about things like uh, vaccine requirements in France. Actually, the French government just said, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. The, the COVID vaccine passport thing. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't stop it from spreading. Yeah. The leader of Sri Lanka resigns after massive oh. uprisings in the mm -hmm. streets. Uh, the prime minister of the U.K., Boris Johnson, resigns amid yep. a flurry of backlash. Uh, you've got now the Italian prime minister, who was just installed like a year ago, announcing he's resigning today. Wow. I mean, you've got world leaders who were propped up by a whole lot of, whether you want to call them the globalist or World Economic Forum types, uh -huh. who it, it's falling apart around them. And it's because the people don't like it. It's because it's hurting people. You're not serving the people that put you in that position. You're serving the other world elites. You've turned your back on the people of your country. I mean, isn't that true with every single one of those cases? Oh, yeah. And I, and I do wonder when it is that Biden will resign.
I mean, I don't know if you saw this, the 538 analysis based oh, on yeah. an average of polls. Yeah. Joe Biden's job approval has fallen to 38.6%. That's actually higher than the real clear politics average, but 538 points out this is now the worst approval rating of any elected president at this point in his presidency since the end of World War II. Better part of a century, man. Well, we all know he's not going to make it. At least that's what we're betting on. So then the next question is when? How long is it going to take? And we think it's after the midterms. Scott and I now have a bet. I think it's going to be before February 1st. Mm -hmm. But then the next question is, is it going to be Kamala? Because, I mean, the Democrats know. And the Democratic power brokers know. She doesn't have what it takes either in 24. Not even close. So are they going to try to install someone else in there? I don't know. Well, isn't the line of succession? Yeah, I don't. I don't Kamala? know. I don't know how you practically do that. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, so I think the, Kamala Harris will be president if, and I think when Joe Biden steps down. The question is who who fills the VP role, and then that person very well may be the 2024 candidate for the Democrats. Okay. <laughs> If we just play this out for a second, I know we got other stuff to get to. Kamala will throw a fit because she'll want to run. What do you mean? I'm the president. And she'll have all of her supporters yeah. saying, "What? this is racist and sexist. Well, then get in the primary and win. Maybe. I mean, I think but it she... could be an ugly primary. Oh, yeah. But very I, ugly. I, I don't think she's going to have the big money backing. But there, it, it is it seems very unlikely to me that she would not be the incumbent Heading into 2024. Man, I just don't see it happening. But we've already ha- we already have a bet on that, if she's going to make it. Because I think they know. Oh, That's they just do know. It. Yeah. And it was so funny, man, with Biden, with the numbers and everything else, and he's still that angry guy when he's asked certain questions. Oh, yeah. Like the reporter saying, hey, all these Democrats, they don't want you to run. Look at the polls, Jack. No, it was 92% of Democrats said they'd vote for you in a hypothetical you versus Trump. Right. Okay. (laughs) That's that's really not the question. But that's what he's going with. Anyway. um, Something else on vaccines real quick. And we played the clip yesterday. Not a huge deal. We all heard it. Fauci talking and actually said, yeah, the vaccine doesn't stop the spread. And we hear that, and you think, well, yeah, we already know that. And I've heard a few people say this, and it's true. It's remarkable, really, that he actually said it. And even though we still have mandates in place, especially for military, you just admitted it doesn't stop the spread. So why would it be mandated? If it's only of personal benefit, if the only benefit is, hey, it's going to keep you out of the hospital, Okay, and keep you from dying. Okay, so there's only personal benefit. You just said it doesn't stop the spread. How can you still have a mandate? You know what I mean? Yeah, because you don't want to be seen as backing down. That's the only (laughs) explanation for it. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I was drinking out of Joe's mug. There's something that happens. We play a clip. I know, and all of a sudden I assume the identity. I don't know what happens. It has some sort of effect on you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Okay, if you want to hear uh, something that I think is delightful, like a, that would put a smile on your face, 
and I don't know that you could ever get tired of seeing these videos, and it's when a service member comes home to their family. Yeah. And there was one that's been making the rounds. Now, this was a dude in Britain's Royal Air Force, but a lot of these videos are the same. And in this one, everybody starts crying when Dad comes home. And it, it's happened a couple of times, and this the whole video has been out there now. Dad's for th- Is that weird? Dad's if you're Dad's the daddy, you still feel good, right? Even though there's tears. Yeah. It's like they're not crying, right? Because now they know the disciplinarian's home. It's a problem. No, I think they just tears yes. of joy. Yes. yes, that's exactly what it yeah. is. I think so. <laughs> Dad, and then uh, don't oh, worry, we're Dad. scared of him. No, no. They'll <laughs> hate you in a few years. <laughs> Enjoy the moment. Yep. Uh, a gun buyback event. David's got this story. You got to hear why this is so weak. Next. All right. The Barkley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Sometimes, you know, you're going through a rough period, and especially with inflation, you need, well, a voice of reason. Something that just makes sense to everybody, That's right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we don't have that, but we have the view and a clip <laughs> oh, from God, the view. Geez. Yeah, the, is this today's view? Yeah, the, the Chelsea bit. Clinton was on there. Yeah, sure she was. Of course, she's an activist, you know. Yeah, well, of course she. <laughs> of That's course her job she title. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah. So uh, they were kicking around uh, Biden's approval ratings, and Whoopi Goldberg is standing by her man, saying, "What do you want Joe Biden to do?" And then they're talking about gas prices, and you know what? They picked up the galaxy brain talking point that oil companies should just lower their prices. Jeez. Here we go. Maybe we can rely on the people who are in charge of domestic production, like all the oil companies who own it. They could release some of that, too. I mean, and they could lower the price. They could lower the price. Yeah, they could lower the price. price. So this is, you know, again. The applause light went on. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Just whatever. Are you saying to drill? Are you saying to start producing? Is that what Whoopi's saying there? The green people are going to be angry. Well... I guess they're under the impression that everybody's just sitting on a ton of oil and refusing yeah. to release it, not right. understanding how the process really works. It's one thing to have the oil on hand. It's another thing to have the capability or the facilities to refine it and turn it into gasoline. Right. That costs a lot of money. You'd have to have a long-term plan. And Biden has already signaled, no, we're putting you out of business. So I don't know what exactly Whoopi means there. Don't let people BS you about what's going on here. Oh. You have the right, when you go in to vote, for the people who actually care about what's happening with you. And, and you- yes. Yeah, you do. I Stop agree with you. Stop voting for these dopes that we yeah. make excuses for every day. Yeah. But I don't think that's what she's saying. And, and you have to keep an eye out I love for that, that you brought baby. that point up, Whoopi, yeah. because a lot of these oil companies are in Texas. Lower the prices for Americans. Lower those prices. Yeah. They're making so much money yeah. on, on oil here. Yeah. Oil in, and gas. It's, it's oil and gas oil here in the United States. <laughs> that's just television for stupid people. It really is. It just. You, you would learn more about economics watching reruns of Jerry Springer. Than watching the view. Yes. (laughs) 
Can you give me 15 seconds of that argument? How so, David? Because I know it's going to make sense. Well, I'm just saying, you know, when you got, uh, when you're wondering about the paternity of a crack dealer, he can actually, he can actually describe supply and demand. Yes, he knows how it works. Yep. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Texas, Houston has a gun buyback oh, program. This is incredible, man. So Houston is hosting, at the end of this month, a gun buyback program. And you know what you get? It's called a buyback, right? Well, one, the government can't buy back what it never sold me. But two, uh, if you have a non-functioning firearm, you'll get a $50 gift card. If you have a shotgun or a rifle, a $100 gift card. Gift card for handguns is one fifty, and if you have a fully no. automatic rifle, it's two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars covers the ATF tax stamp, not mentioning all the other taxes and the actual purchase amount. So mm-hmm. that's not a buyback. That's that's like a concession. A hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. For a $600 gun? Right. Yeah. Are you out of your mind? I just bought this SIG for $700, but I guess I'll turn it in for a $150 gift card to Walmart. Well, gun manufacturers just dropped their price. (laughs) We need gun equity in this country. That's that's right. A lot of stolen guns are going to get turned in, I guess. We'll see. Uh, This is the Barkley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. And the biggest story of the day so far, David. Uh, well, another bad inflation report, and then Joe Biden's in the Middle East saying that, well, you know, the previous administration didn't do anything about Middle East peace. <laughs> okay, yeah. Whatever happened to the whole thing under Trump, you don't do politics abroad, okay? You don't talk oh. about the opposite. This guy overseas has called the Supreme Court illegitimate and is saying that, well, he says mega Republicans now because he forgot what MAGA was. Right. Um, saying mega Republicans are wanting to like destroy the country or something. Where's the pearl clutching about that? Never happens. This doesn't happen. Speaking of pearl clutching, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has changed her mind about elected officials being harassed in public. Yeah. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer with a button lower today, Scott Robbins. Well, see, I, if, I, if I do, I feel like I should have a tie on if I take it all the way up. I know it makes you crazy. No, I think it's sexy. No, you don't then think you that at all. You, you're mocking me. You do this <laughs> all the time. Not at all. It's one lower. The ladies like it a little, so little damn self-conscious when there. I come in this building because I'm going to get some, something's going to come up. All right, we got to get to the story. About my shirt. And if Oil. I got it, I'm going to flaunt it. The World Health Organization yeah. is warning of Robin's fur coming out of his shirt. <laughs> and they're saying COVID they're, is nowhere they, near over. They, they, <laughs> Ladies they, just, they, they, they start sweating. Yeah. They, their heart include. rate goes through the roof when they see it. Yeah. It's, they call it a mandemic. <laughs> That's yes. right. That's right. The only cure is for me to unbutton my shirt. <laughs> All right, yeah, so the World Health Organization uh, is warning about the new sub-variant of Omicron, known as BA5, as it continues to spread across the U.S. and the world. Virus is running freely. New waves of the virus demonstrate again that COVID-19 is nowhere near over. Okay. And we just heard yesterday from Ja, the guy from the White House, Dr. Ja, say, you got to get the booster. Got to get it. 
And yeah, if I were a parent of a kid under five, I'd have him vaccinated. Yeah, of course I would. But then they're also saying, hey, there's going to be another vaccine that's going to be better at fighting yeah. Omicron. It's, it's the one vaccine to rule them all. That's what they say. Yeah. But go ahead and take the other one now, even though we're going to be pushing it again in the fall. That sort of thing. Yeah. You know. And then again, I, it can't be stated enough to me. It was crazy to a lot of people that Fauci actually admitted Even though vaccines, because of the high degree of transmissibility of this virus, don't protect overly well, as it were, against infection. Doesn't protect overly well against infection. Hmm. Hmm. But still get it. Yeah. Okay, because it'll keep you out of the hospital and keep you from dying. But then you still have the mandates going on. Sorry, it drives me insane. It doesn't make any sense. I don't think it ever has. Okay, let's move on. Republicans are helping immigrants prepare for citizenship. Tests, I love David. this, man. Not only because I think it's a great thing to do, but because this is, politically speaking, what we call playing offense here. Republican National Committee uh, announced that it was launching this initiative that aims to help immigrants, legal immigrants, mm-hmm. uh, prepare for naturalization tests. Uh, and it's called the Republican Civics Initiative. It'll offer a 10-hour course divided into four sessions to help future voters pass the civics portion of the test. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Republicans hate brown and black people. No, 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 they don't, actually. That's what the left keeps telling mm-hmm. me. Well, I mean, that's what the left says, but, mm-hmm. I mean, the first lady, Dr. Jill, said that Mexicans are like breakfast tacos. That's right. The diverse. That's yeah. your strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many flavors in the breakfast taco. It's true. Yes. Some are mm-hmm. potato. Some are uh, chorizo. Some are yes. bacon. Scrambled eggs. You got eggs, cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Varying degrees of hotness of salsa. Yeah. No, but I, I, I love this. What's interesting to me is that is seeing how people are framing this right now. So news outlets are framing it as they're looking to steal Hispanic votes. Like Hispanics are the property of liberals. Right. Yeah. Like right. no, Hispanics are not. And also not all immigrants are Hispanic. So I mean clearly right. that's that's the voting block that they're going after right now, but I think that's good. No, I what could possibly be wrong with it? Seriously. You're helping people that are here legally get something that they really do want. You're helping them on that journey. And you could say, well, what's the real intent to get a future voting block? Okay. What have y'all been doing for decades? Right. By throwing the border open. I mean, come on. Yes, this is legal. Yeah. And this is helping people and I- get to where they want to be. I mean, and honestly... I mean, Republicans, I know, are so tired of the narrative of racist when it's not true. We've talked about it a million times. Are there racists in any sect of society? Well, sure. But as far as Republicans, people I know, they don't care about race. They would like you to love the country. They would like you to be an upstanding citizen. You know, anything that are just, well, any sort of moralistic value, outside of that, they don't care. And I think everybody loves the great American story of someone coming from nothing and 
being a success in life. And it doesn't matter what color the person is. Yeah. Well, every pandering plan they have blows up in their face. Yeah. I mean, Latin X, that went over well. <laughs> well, well, they're trying to push that whole LGBTQ plus stuff. And some people are like, stop it. You know, stop the pandering that way. I'm not buying it. Anti-Christianity, th- that's also a really welcoming sign. <laughs> Golly. Oh, yeah. Right. But I love this, too, because, I, I, I mean, going to see a, a few naturalization ceremonies where people are being, you know, that is seriously one of the most powerful experiences to watch because you see people who have worked and worked, and this is their dream. Yep. Yeah. And you forget that there are people... And it's sad that I say this, but, you know, you watch the news and you watch what activists are saying all the time. You forget how special this country is, that people are willing to give whatever it takes to be here. And when they become citizens, yeah, this is, I mean, honestly, I, I almost hate to admit it, but the first one I ever went to, I had talked with a couple of people who had immigrated from Africa and watching their faces as the ceremony was wrapping up, I, 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 I kind of almost Nick Filipowski cried a little bit. Um, it, it is okay. A, it is I think cool this deal. is important to state. Okay, yeah. and that's when the tears came. That's when that the was tears it. came. Okay, there was you're a, forgiven for that. I, when I was smoking, I, I would stop in and get cigarettes from this guy at Bogota every day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and seriously, I mean, he he was stu- he was studying all the time. For his test, and when it came time to take it, he said, "Hey, if you want to come down and watch it, it'd be cool." And I did, and it was cool. You did, yeah. Well, I was—he was my cigarette guy for years. <laughs> we were friends. I understand. Yeah. Usually, you don't have time for anybody. No, That's no, I, well, I'd never done this before. I'm like, nobody's wow. ever asked. I didn't know anything about it, right? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I agree with David. It's cool to see. Yep. Um. Moving on, there's a certain congressperson that's had a change of mind when it comes to elected officials being harassed in public, it seems. Well, this is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, the setup to this, there's this dude named Alex Stein. He's a troll, and he likes being a troll in front of political activists and elected officials. I think, you know, he's, he's gone in front of, I think it's the Plano City Council a few times. Like, he's wearing a women's swimsuit talking about how special he feels that he's a woman. Yeah. And things like okay. that. I mean, yeah, he, uh, he, he's he's kind of a jackass, but some people think he's funny. Yeah. Um, well, he ran into Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and she's very mad that he disrespected her in public. Now, here's what he said as she's walking into the Capitol. In the middle of this, though, she walks over to him and flashes the peace sign and says, oh, we'll take a selfie, because she's kind of annoyed at him or something. Mm-hmm. But Okay. Roll it. My favorite big booty Latina. I love you, ASC. You're my oh. favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. Watch your little selfie. I love it. My favorite AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Ooh, I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. Okay. So, again, to me, at least, the jackassery is very high. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Totally. Uh, now, she tweeted about it, saying it's just a bummer to work in an institution that openly allowed this, but talking about it only invites more. Just really sad. I was actually walking over to deck him because if no one will protect us, then I'll do it myself. But I needed to catch a vote more than a case today, is what she said. Okay, yeah. tough. Okay. Tough lady. All right. Yeah, sure. Um, 
But it's weird because, you know, this is what she said about the violence in 2020. She said the whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists take that discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular sport often starts small and grows. If you complain complain about protest demands and it makes you uncomfortable, that's the point. I mean, she's out there defending the the nuts who were protesting Brett Kavanaugh at a dinner. Yes, yes. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Y- you can't have it both ways. Either that's either that is totally fair game. Well, both have to be fair game, or neither of them are fair game. Let's see. What will the takes be within the next twenty four hours? Um, sexualized her. It was mm-hmm. the violence, uh, or the speech was violence. Uh well, because part of, of his point was he likes to kill babies, but still hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, she'll play the race car, too, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the way that will go down. Be interesting to see, though, how it all plays out. On a lighter note, I thought this was pretty cool. Talking about just something to make you feel better. You know when different soldiers break into song? Sometimes it doesn't even have to be great singing. It can just be a cadence of something. I saw this. sound cool. This is really good. Okay, so you've seen this. Fort Bragg's 82nd Airborne. Really good. What they're doing is they're just lying around in their military gear. They're waiting to do a helicopter jump. And out of nowhere, it's like this impromptu acapella version of My Girl. I think they've done it before, right? Don't spoil it. Okay, all right. Golly, man. Listen to this lady. This is cool. You guys made my day. <laughs> That's a golden buzzer moment right yeah. there. That is really cool. That was very good. Sorry, but uh, we don't recognize girls in the armed forces anymore. <laughs> That's true. You had to bring this story That's down. That's using gendered language. <laughs> yeah, can't have it. Yeah, they're not randomly talented. That's members of the division's all-American chorus. Yeah, I, I read that, too. You're right. It added nothing to the story and actually detracted from it because I wanted <laughs> to think they're just like a bunch of dudes and impromptu start yeah. singing, right? But you spoiled it for me. Sorry. I Thanks didn't... a lot, Scott. All cocky with your chest hair. Okay. God, Remember the name Ray Epps? Yeah. If you don't, you got to hear this story. He's speaking out next. Van Camp, Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, Ray Epps. This name comes back up. Yeah, Ray Epps is the guy who's been the center of some questions because he was videotaped uh, ahead of the Capitol riot saying, hey, tomorrow, the day before the riot, saying tomorrow we're going to go into the Capitol. And a bunch of people who were there with him in a pro-Trump meeting and rally were saying, no, you're a Fed, (laughs) right? Right. And then there are some other videos that, do make it look like he's egging on the crowd. There are other videos that make it look like he's trying to talk down a couple of people. Well, this guy actually finally spoke out, did an interview with the failing New York Times, and they gave him a glowing review, by the way. Now, oh, Ray nice. Epps, and, and this is uh, legitimately, this is sad because we don't know everything about him and we don't know everything about his involvement in the Capitol riot and whether or not he is, in fact, 
or was, in fact, working on behalf of the FBI or any other agency. Uh, but they've had to, like, sell their business. They've had to sell their home. They're living out of a trailer in the Rockies somewhere. But the way that the New York Times frames it is obscure right-wing media outlets use selectively edited videos and unfounded leaps of logic to paint him as a secret federal asset in charge of a breach team responsible for setting off the riot at the Capitol. So he's looking for a lawyer to try to sue people like Tucker Carlson as well, who's not an obscure right-wing media personality. Obscure, but, all over the place. But he, he said, look, that he had managed to avoid being arrested. Uh, that was something that has raised a lot of questions, obviously, because he oh, was sure. on the wanted list, and then suddenly he wasn't. Um, right. And he said, well, the reason was because I reached out to the FBI within minutes of discovering that agents wanted to speak with me. Uh, <laughs> this is, I love this line. The clip of him telling people to go to the Capitol, uh, Capitol has been used to depict Mr. Epps as a man who not only urged people to ride at the Capitol, but then also evaded prosecution. It's not depicting, that's what happened. He was telling people. It. He was yes. telling people, we're going to go into the Capitol. Right, we got to. And people are like, no. And then they're like, fed, fed, yeah. fed. Now, okay, this stinks. Something's not right here. Yeah. There's more to well, that story. Well, and, and then the other thing is, he did, he has testified to this stupid January 6th committee, but they're keeping everything he said under wraps. Like that. If you want to clear his name, and my God, that's how if, to do it. If if this guy is an innocent man who's been targeted unfairly, my God, put the truth out there. I'm serious because that that's horrible. If he's if he if there's nothing suspicious about his involvement in the riot, and he was just <sighs> another guy who was there, then put out that information now. You should have put it out a year ago, but. Okay, how could they have doctored the video to make it look bad? I know that can happen. Yeah. Oh, sure, it can happen. But, I, yeah, I don't understand how that, like, the video that really made the rounds is him saying, we need to go into the Capitol. Yes. That, that certainly it, seems it, like he's telling people to go into the Capitol. He's right. standing there saying it. I mean, he's standing there. I mean, this isn't a Japanese Godzilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the other part, man, all I can think in my head, and I know it might sound nuts to some people, I'm like, okay, they're trying to clear his name because there's something there. So the New York Times just does this fluff piece. Oh, yeah, this is really unfortunate. This has happened to this guy in these obscure right wing, you know, shows or whatever, you know, featured this guy. No, dude, this was a pretty mainstream story to anybody that was paying attention. Like, okay, all these people are getting arrested. And in solitary, what about this dude that's saying, you got to go in, we need to go in? Uh, I'm not buying. It's the failing New York Times. Craziest stat of the day to me is that 28% of us could still log into an ex's bank account if we wanted to. (laughs) Really? My money in there. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. 
Show. Thank you as always for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It's a question where you've brought up before, but this time it was Jake Tapper at CNN. Yeah, I, I'm actually surprised. Every once in a while, he actually commits uh, journalism. Um, but White House economist Cecilia Rouse was on CNN talking about this inflation issue that's crushing everybody, that's way on top of mind for everybody. Uh, and, of course, she went to the usual talking points. We got tools in the toolbox. It's a high priority and blah, 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 blah. Well, Jake Tapper said, hey, what about those tools in the toolbox? Yeah. You don't use them. You don't use these tools. Uh, and, you know, there's debating and discussing going on. Uh, and, and meanwhile, prices are still going up. Look, the, you know, the president right now is in the Middle East because he wants to uh, try to get as much oil on the market as possible. So this is a great time to talk about the rest of the president's economic plans. Right. He wants to work with Congress to reduce prescription prices. Uh, utility- <laughs> Here we go again. The prescription prices go to. <laughs> it's all the, every single time. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, utility costs. Uh, Health care costs. He wants to lower the deficit, which we know also addresses inflation. He so, wants to do so. Uh, okay. It's all the same stuff, man. Oh, God. And sure, everybody would like prescription drug prices to go down. Yeah. That's not why we're suffering from inflation. You know, by increasing taxes on the wealthiest uh, no. individuals and corporations. He needs Congress to do so. He wants to ensure that we're making chips here at home. Part of the price increases is the lack of supply of cars. Uh, and that goes back to our semiconductor chip. And so, so it's, you know, Congress needs a, we need to, we're open and willing. It's a great time for Congress yeah. to act on these important economic initiatives. He's the Democratic president and the Congress is controlled by Democrats. So it's not as though you guys don't have each other's phone numbers. Yeah. How do you explain that? <laughs> I may have a clue. There's a piece from the Wall Street Journal, um, and it's actually a report that was released uh, by the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. This is interesting, um, from Stephen Moore and John Decker. They studied the resumes of 68 top executive branch officials. Do you know it's their work that shapes the economy? And this is from Biden to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Um, to all those special assistants on economic policy within the White House. They want to see, okay, how much business experience are we talking about here with these individuals that are guiding everything? The author said, average business experience of Biden appointees is 2.4 years. Oh, my. 2.4 yeah, That's it? And it goes on to say, any fresh-faced 25-year-old on Wall Street has clocked more private business hours than most of Washington's top officials. 62% have virtually no business experience. Dude, they're all prep school trust fund brats. I mean, oh, that, my goodness. That, I mean, you know this instinctually, but when you see it on black and white that 62% have virtually no business experience. And we always ask ourselves, how did that person get their job? And no one gets fired. No. Wow. This is stunning. This is really stunning. So they wanted to put the contrast in there with wow. Trump's cabinet. Mm -hmm. That was an average 13 years experience in the private economy. 
And if you were just told me out of the blue that was the experience, I would have been surprised it was that low. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot compared to 2.4 years. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You want to know why so much of the national policy, what is in control of the executive branch at least, uh, is out of whack with what works in reality. And it's because all these people have is faculty lounge theory. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it goes on to say, well, if you're looking at Biden and Kamala, they've spent their entire lives in law or politics. Um, But then all of the economic officials have been dominated by either careers in law, politics, government, academia, or policymaking. The main business experience in venture capital or investing is five. Hey, this will work. Let's spend more money. Yes. We just had a dope tell us that yesterday. Who is that clown? That, that was Brian Deese. Yes. One of the, uh, if not the top, one of the top economists working in the White House right now actually believes that the way to get out of inflation is to spend more money. God. Jeez. It doesn't and work. No. Those are the people that are guiding us. So yes. just wanted to share that with you. You can't be an assistant manager at the Metroplex without at least six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need to spend more money to bring down inflation of course we do okay moving on uh the president says republicans are a mega party yeah mega party who Me- doesn't like to go to a mega party i i don't know but yeah so joe biden remember again during the trump administration he said something about democrats while he was in france and all of media was united in saying politics ends at the water's edge (laughs) this guy's doing an interview with an israeli news outlet hold on just a second if you don't mind can you repeat that in that voice again (laughs) the stopping at the water's edge politics stops at the water's edge (laughs) norms norms are being shattered (laughs) (laughs) so so, yeah, he's doing this interview with a with a foreign news outlet while he's on a trip abroad and he's trying to go after Republicans and he even messed up the ultra maga thing that he's trying to do with Republicans. Gosh, this guy can't do anything right. My hope is that the Republican Party moves back to a normal position and not this mega party that it's become in many ways. <laughs> mega party. Yeah. Mega mega Ultra mega, ultra mega. Is it mega party where you buy your kids balloons for for birthday parties? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's where the Mylar balloons are sold. (laughs) Mega party. (laughs) Okay, it's a debacle. There's no doubt about it. Um, Ah, gosh. Okay, Canada is the freest country in the world. Who said that? Oh, that would be uh, Steve Cohen, Democrat. Uh, this is the same guy that when Bill Barr, former attorney general, didn't show up to a hearing, he brought him in a bucket of fried chicken and a that little ceramic chicken. Uh, chicken bar. Wow. So this, this Mensa member uh, says that the United States is no longer free because the Supreme Court said states should be able to set their own regulations on abortion. <laughs> Man, what a pandering idiot. Love this country, and I think it's a great country. But they said we're the freest country in the world. Uh, I think it was Miss Foster. Well, right now, Canada's the freest country in the world. And there are a few other countries along with Canada that are more free than America when we cut women away from having the opportunity to get 
uh, their families and their bodies to be their choices. The whole idea, though, of it being just not outlawed, but going back to the states is a red herring. The idea of the states having power what? was not because we were the states were concerned about a oppressive government or because of abortion. It was because of slavery. What? What? What is he talking no, about? Seriously, no, I'm trying to figure that, that one this out. This is a guy who just doesn't know what the foundation of this country was all about and why state legislatures were empowered to do certain things. Well, hmm. Couldn't you make the argument it's free because it's going back to yeah. the people yeah, it's, who vote? The, the talking point that somehow the Supreme Court has overextended its authority is just completely incoherent. And the thing is, I mean, they're 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 trying to reach out to people who don't know any better um, instead of actually informing. This is the party that says they care deeply about disinformation. Mm-hmm. They're pushing disinformation. <laughs> right. Because what do. the Supreme Court actually did was say, we don't have the authority. OK, they, they're you know, the left is calling the Supreme Court fascist or something or Christo fascist, blah, 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 all that stuff. Okay. Listen, uh, read it. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat uh one of the favorite lines of a lot of uh, high-minded liberals. Read a book. Fascists are not known for giving up power. The Supreme Court gave up power. They said, we don't have the authority to do this. We don't have the authority to tell states that they can't regulate abortion as they see fit because there is no constitutional right for an abortion. They turn that around all the time. Yeah. That they were overstepping their bounds. 50 years ago. Oh, they cite privacy all the time. Oh, gosh. Hey, guess what, man? On another, you know what? On that whole abortion thing, did you see the different people the Democrats brought in to be witnesses? No. In favor of abortion that are proud, like gushing over how great abortion is? They really don't help their case. And I think Democrats in Congress are too stupid to understand that that is actually the case. Oh, my gosh, dude. We'll get to a couple of those clips coming up here in the next 10 minutes. Um, Bill Clinton now, don't know if you saw this story, um, he is approving of weed now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't what? inhale, remember? <laughs> Where did that come from? Going through the Rolodex and people who approve of weed or might approve of weed? <laughs> Bill Clinton? <laughs> well, he acknowledged the benefits of legal weed. He praised the very encouraging results of clinical trials to examine the effects of cannabis on post-operative pain. And so, you know, he's like, yeah, when I was, you know, in England, I experimented with marijuana a time or two and didn't like it. Remember, that's what he said way back in the day. He didn't inhale it. If he would have inhaled it, he would have liked it. (laughs) Yeah, you smoked weed wrong. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, I didn't inhale and I didn't try it again. That's one of the all-time greats, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but all of his statements now are talking about CBD trials mm-hmm. conducted by New York University in partnership with TR Processing, LLC. And they said in the story a rather dubious claim about the Clinton Foundation's role in the opioid epidemic. You know, they've struggled to raise money, by the way, since Hillary Clinton well, yeah. failed in 2016. But they say has worked for years to reduce opioid addiction and deaths. That's what he was saying the other day. 
And so that's why there's part support now for CBD and other non-addictive alternatives. But obviously a lot of problems within that statement. It's just funny to me that the Clintons are still trying to keep their appearances out there mm-hmm. and part of the conversation, much like Chelsea Clinton today on The View. And now she and Hillary are going to be producing a show about women together. Yeah. Gutsy women. You can see the uh, the picture oh, of God. that, uh, of them. They're in a convertible, and they're in the front two seats, and the picture is taken from behind, so they are turned around in the front seats, and they're looking. It's a nice little glamour shot. Uh, somebody made a meme out of it, of course, and put an air freshener hanging from the uh, rear view mirror, mm-hmm. and they zoom in, and it's a it's Jeffrey Epstein. And it said, this air freshener ain't going to hang itself. (laughs) Uh, That's good. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to the uh, audio clips of the women that the Democrats brought into D.C. yesterday to support abortion. It backfired. That and much more coming up. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Obviously, abortion's been a hot topic over the last couple of months. And so there's a hearing yesterday, and Democrats bring out different, I guess, witnesses, talk about how this is just a stain on the history of the United States, this overturning of Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. And like David had mentioned earlier, Democrats really feel like, hey, this is going to help our cause by bringing, you know, these different witnesses out there. But I think it backfires. Oh, okay, especially yeah. when they're talking about abortion being an act of love. Yeah. I don't know mm, if you've heard any no. of the witnesses here. I'll give you a couple of examples. Abortion is health care. Um, my abortion was the best decision I ever made. It was an act of self-love. And yeah, in that case, it was self-love. Got it. Which people have pointed out, well, if you love yourself that much, maybe you're right. You're taking your child's life. And that's not to, man, that's not to make anybody feel guilty that did something years ago. No. And have been tortured by it and feel bad and want to move on. I know there are a lot of people in that category. It's not the point. It's to talk about the current argument and how these people are trying to frame it. Well, because the pro-choice side has won a significant number of the American public with the argument, safe, legal, and rare. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's always a tragedy if somebody has to go and get it done. But when you're promoting it as an act of self-love, as health care, you're going to lose people because now you sound like monsters. Yes, and that was, well, one of the doctors that they had on. Dr. Colleen McNicholas had this to say. We need need action and we need it now. We're out of time. Thank you for inviting me to share about this moment in history, which I am certain will be a stain as we move forward. Abortion is normal. It is an act of love and it is fundamentally health care. You're losing people there. No. It's a hard sell. And then it gets to, you know, Somebody trying to ask a doctor, hey, what about abortion up till the moment of birth? Or, you know, are you okay with that? Man, do they not want to answer that question? No. 
Being a doctor, I think you may have a better way to answer the question in the sense that uh, I know there's medical risk in doing anything. Yeah. Uh, at the point, you can't eliminate risk, but to where, uh, say, there would be as little as you could determine at the time, do you still think it's appropriate for someone to choose an abortion up to the point of birth? This is how long it takes to answer. Mm. Senator, again, that hypothetical that I think is brought up quite a bit actually is not what abortion care looks like on a day-to-day basis. Um, Abortion care after 20 weeks is about 1% of pregnancy. And I think by focusing on that, you delegitimize and you disrespect a lot of the patients that are seeking this care for very legitimate and important reasons. Answer the question. Answer the, the freaking question. There's the flaw in the argument that they try to put out there all the time. Well, that is so rare. Okay, then let's ban it as an elective procedure. Because if it's yeah, so rare, right. yeah, right. what well, doesn't matter, then right? ban it. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's another clip that I think is actually refreshing that we'll get to a little bit later. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David? Uh, I mean, look, it's inflation, it's inflation, it's inflation. It's, it's, everything is costing more. The costs are, keeping, are, are still rising. They keep going up. Uh, we got another report out there. The wholesale prices have gone up by double digits for the, sec- or the seventh consecutive month. This is a problem. Well, and the prediction is you are going to see unemployment starting in the fall. Oh, there are trails. Been- yeah, jobless claims actually went up, even if the unemployment rate stayed the same. That's because of people dropping out of the workforce. Yes. Yeah, it's not a pretty picture right now. I mean, I think we're going to get through it. I think there's going to be a lot of changes coming. Not all doom and gloom. Yeah. we got a news update to get to. And Scott Robbins, the trifecta, his top three stories of the day. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, Scott Robbins trifecta coming up in a few. Uh, David, update on this 10-year-old rape victim story. It's horrific. It is, um, and it, it's so horrific on, on multiple levels. I mean, the crime yes. itself. Uh, this is the story of the 10-year-old rape victim in Ohio who had to go to Indianapolis to get an abortion. Um, and it's so sad to me because this little girl does deserve privacy and justice. Um, Absolutely. And Democrats just used her tragedy to criticize the Supreme Court for political points. Um, Even though it's unclear that Ohio's law would have actually made it illegal for her to get an abortion where she lived. It it doesn't seem like whoever told her that she could not get it was misinformed. Yeah, that's not true the way I understand it. Um, Nevertheless, she did go to Indianapolis after the authorities say she was raped by an illegal alien. And a doctor named Caitlin Bernard is a pro-abortion activist. She told the story. That's where it originated. And she's being disciplined for a HIPAA violation. And to me, it's, it's, I, I, don't, I don't want a sternly worded letter. Um, you just exposed this 10-year-old victim and told the world what had happened. And you then, lose your license. You you should go to jail in my opinion. Absolutely, but I, I don't. You know, I don't think it would get to that point. Um, but here's the other weird part, and this makes my stomach churn even more than it already does, given the subject matter at hand. But Telemundo found the victim's mother and interviewed her. They actually okay. found out where she lives, 
And the mom is saying the accused rapist, uh, Gerson Flores, is innocent, and it's all a misunderstanding or something. Um, it, the interview was in Spanish, so I, I'll just give you the transcription here. The reporter what? asked, did the little girl live here at this apartment? Mom says, yeah, but she's fine. Everything they're saying against him, the accused rapist, is a lie. Uh, she says she didn't press charges against the accused rapist, even though the cops have said that he confessed to raping her twice, and she may have been nine years old at the time because she had just recently turned 10. Okay, I'm trying to make sense of that. So is the mom saying, oh, well, that he didn't do it or that it was somehow consensual? It's, well, that's rape. Well, the other the other weird part is that when they were when the authorities were asking for DNA samples, they also wanted DNA samples of the girl's siblings, which is kind of confusing to me unless mm -hmm. they're wondering if he's also a blood relative of this little girl. Um and so at any rate, it is horrific. And it is compounded because now you've got news outlets finding where she lives right. and exposing her in this horrific trauma, all to score some sick brownie points for your political talking points. I mean, it's, it's sickening to me. The other part of this story, when the Ohio official went out on Fox News, yeah. different places, and said there's no record of this. And then that turned out, so a lot of us that are getting that news are saying, oh, this, the story's a hoax. Yeah. And then it turns out, wait a second, no, it's not a hoax. This story is true. So as far as that official, did he just not know? Were they covering that part up? Because yeah. it's weird because this would have happened in June, right? Yeah. But the arrest didn't happen until earlier this week when the national spotlight was on it. So... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that are questionable about this entire situation. But but remember, an arrest is not something that always immediately happens. There is usually an investigation when you're getting a referral, especially if it involves an out-of-state referral. There's a longer investigation that happens before you get arrested. The timing is very weird to me, too. It's strange. And the other part is... So the left is using this story, it seems, until you find out it was an illegal alien. Yeah. And now they, they've run from the story. Yeah. Because that doesn't fit a narrative. So this whole sort of, well, we just care about this 10-year-old girl. Well, not so much, because now it doesn't fit you politically. No. It's disgusting. Gosh, man. People are really sick. In so many different ways. You know what? The other clip, just to finish this off, that I want to play for you. And again, this was from the hearings in D.C. yesterday about abortion. Because the Democrats had all their experts talking about uh, abortion's health care and its loving and its self-love, all this stuff. And then they ask Brandy Swindell, who is with a crisis pregnancy center. You know, if she wants to give her opinion and you don't hear this very much, but and it only takes a minute. I want to hear what your reaction is. Ms. Swindell, would you like to weigh in? 
Sure. Uh, I believe in uh, what uh, all the medical textbooks say. I'm not a medical professional, but uh, life begins at the beginning. And uh, there's an amazing spark that occurs when the sperm and the egg meet and a new embryo is formed. And I believe in respecting all stages of life and development. I think that's an important part of human rights and also women's health care. And so I, I believe in what the medical textbooks say. I believe in biology. I believe in science. And frankly, it's it's not rocket science. Life begins at the beginning. And so there, there's well, that, now there's there's that part. It's I know this issue has been contentious for a long time. It's hard to argue with what she's saying, because a lot of the people on the left were talking about respect for women, respect for women. And she's talking about respect in a different way. And abortions at any stage take the life of an innocent human being. And that is a grave human rights violation. I was born after 1973. Uh, I was born in 1976, aging myself here. Uh, and I was open prey in my mother's womb. My government decided that I had no constitutional rights or human rights or civil rights. And it's a new day and it's a new era and preborn children, uh, their humanity is being respected. And it's a great, it's a great thing. Okay. So when I hear that, I'll tell you what I think first. I totally get what she's saying, of course. But to me, if you don't believe what she believes, can you not even see that point of view? No. You think that's an evil person that's trying to control women's bodies? Yes, that's exactly what you think. Yes. That's, that's not it. You, I mean, you have differences of opinion of when a life is a life. Yeah. But you can't you can't see the other side at all. No, really. Did did you happen to see Matt Walsh's tweet about this? I, mean, I thought he summed it up pretty well. What do you say? These hearings on abortion are instructive. The liberal witnesses have refused to condemn infanticide, refused to define the word woman, and claim that men can get pregnant. Here's the money line: We cannot share a country with these people. There can be no <laughs> unity. They are lunatics and monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, what that, yeah. <laughs> I get where Matt's coming from. And so do I. All right. With that being said, you ready for your big three? Let's rock and roll. Well, let's do this. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Scotty's top three stories of the day. Always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. From his top 40 days and through life, Casey Kasem. And yeah, he's ready. I'm ready. Of course. Three. Uh, number three, just 18% of Americans say Biden should run for president again. Oh, this is crazy. 18% of Americans say Biden should run for re-election. Now, this is according to Yahoo uh, News YouGov poll, the lowest number to date. Nearly two-thirds, 64%, said, get out! <laughs> and for the first time, no more Democrats now said that? Well, I'm telling you who said no that. No one said that. Uh, yes, said they that? did! <laughs> and now for the first time, more Democrats now say Biden should pass on a second term. 41%, 35% said, yeah, he should do another one. Independents don't want either nominee. They don't want Biden and they don't want Trump. Biden, 71%, Trump, 58%. Most Americans, 56%, now feel that Biden is not up to the challenges facing the United States. Of America. Well, yeah. That's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. 
No yeah. one. Not done. No, 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 no. 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 You, but you're sharp as a tack. <laughs> I can't even keep up with him, says the 20 something chirping spokesperson. We're getting closer and closer to number one. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three stories of the day up to number two. Number two, uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says Republicans are to blame for inflation. That's right. The anti-inflation rec- reconciliation bill, she said, the president is fighting for this, would, be ju- would do just that by empowering Medicare to negotiate down the cost of prescription drugs. <laughs> And save consumers and taxpayers money at the same time. Congressional Republicans <laughs> oppose it tooth and nail. Prescription That's... drugs are not driving inflation. No. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. In the alternative wacko universe, they are. We need to spend more money to bring down inflation. That's right. That's the argument. More is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength, and, of course, massive spending is going to bring down inflation. It always works that way. Want another one? Oh, yes. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta, the top three stories of the day. And one. Uh, number one, Enos Cantor Freedom of the NBA has some choice words for LeBron James. Yeah, over his Brittany Griner remarks uh, this past week on The Shop, he was heard questioning uh, whether the U.S. has uh, did, uh, uh, given, uh, given any sort of admission at all to trying to help out Brittany Griner come back to America by saying, hey, I don't even know if she wants to come back. She may not even want to come back to this country. In comes Enos. You ready? Yeah, because he became a citizen. He's very proud to be an American. Yeah, and then allegedly LeBron sort of stepped it back. So Enos said, you can call it a step back. I call it a walk back. You're free to leave, buddy. Or you can even volunteer in exchange for her. You go, she comes back. How about that? Wow. Some people literally have no idea what it's like to live in a dictatorship. I do. Yes, he does. And I, that's what I love about this guy. Yeah. So I like the idea of LeBron swapping himself out for her. You, know, you think that's going to happen? Go over there and enjoy the paradise, LeBron. <laughs> Why would you ever want to come back? And there you have it. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three stories of the day. Can I do this real quick? Do I have time? Um, yes. Okay, good. Um, Zach Wilson is the quarterback of the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a brouhaha going now. He got dragged in his little off-field drama. Someone accused uh, Wilson's ex-girlfriend... Abby of being a quote homie hopper. <laughs> She's a homie hopper. She started, What's that? Well, she started dating a guy who plays for the Washington Commanders after they <laughs> broke up. Oh. So now the term homie hopper is out there. She fires back, said, "Hey, he's the homie hopper. He slept with my mom's best friend." <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> like a Stacy's mom kind of thing. Right, exactly. Holy yeah. mackerel. I just like the term homie hopper. You just wanted to work it in? I did. I had to find some way to get it in there. It's really been an honor for me. <laughs> Always. Freaking homie hopper. <laughs> <laughs> Nimrod's in the news. It's coming up in just a few. And, of course, another news update. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to tomorrow, too. Put together a finally or a Friday five later on today. Goodbye. Thank you. See you news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. 
Real quick, this story about Josh Hawley. Yeah. He's transphobic, you say. Yeah, well, we, we, we heard about this and talked about it a couple days ago at a hearing in the Senate. He was asking a law professor from UC Berkeley, hey, you know, if, if abortion is about women's rights, how do you define a woman? And she says, well, you're, you want kids to kill themselves. That's basically her counterargument because um, they got nothing else. Nope. Now, Stephen Porter, a USA Today writer, says, well, he's literally transphobic. Don't feign ignorance about Senator Josh Hawley's questions. He was making a statement. His claim that trans men and non-binary people who can get pregnant are actually women. He's asserting that their reproductive organs define their gender. That's literally transphobic. No, that, that's the truth. Transphobic is not a synonym for the truth, okay? It's the no. truth. Isn't that it? When they don't agree with you, and even when you're basing things on fact, they just put a phobic at the end of whatever it is. Yeah. Here's whatever phobic. Okay. I'm Until leaning toward Matt say, Walsh. We can't what coexist say. with these people. It's ridiculous. Here, you want some good news? You saw this. this it was, yeah, Rasmussen. Rasmussen poll. Percentage of people that are very proud to be an American. Percentage of people? Yeah, not not one party or another. This is everybody. What percent said yeah? 70%. It's 58. Ah, oh, jeez. Boy, howdy. How? Honestly, I thought it'd be worse. Yeah, I was I was predicting about 40%. I'm way well, too optimistic here. Well, you? there was over 50 the other day that said we're systemically racist and sexist. So you're like, okay, but you're still proud. All right. Wow. That's kind of a surprise. Um, I don't know if this belonged to Nimrods or not. I'll just tell you now. The nuclear power plant that accidentally told a whole town to evacuate? Oh, jeez. Yes, Seabrook, New Hampshire. Um. The alert said, attention, there's a problem at Seabrook Nuclear Power Station, and it told them to leave the area immediately. It was a mistake. No one was in any real danger, but people panicked and started running off the beach, freaking out. Turned out workers at the plant were testing the emergency system and accidentally played the alert on nine of the 121 sirens around the area. So that's what Holy happened smokes. with that. Yes. Wow. And then there was an ice cream called Chocolate to Die For. They had to recall it. Because it had peanuts in it, and they didn't alert people. People they, were literally dying for it. They, they could, they could have. They didn't, Jeez. but they were saying they could have, so they recalled it. They put glass in the next one. And now we get the Nimrod. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, man. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. Well, this is a 42-year-old guy in Wales, Lowry Rosser. He got pulled over. He was driving drunk. How did the cops know? Well, he was driving a van with two missing tires. Oh, gosh. Uh, they saw him zipping down the highway. Front and back left tires missing. Just driving on the rims. Holy He'd blown smokes. out the tires but kept driving for another 10 miles. And they asked him, you been drinking? They had two beers. Yeah. Must have been of the Robbins variety, 56 ounces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two pegs. <laughs> yeah, he's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Only had two. Seriously. And that's Nimrod's in the news.